Good afternoon, boxing fans around the world. Back again on Combat Talk Radio, found at combattalkradio.net with a our weekend of boxing updates here. Feel free to check us out. Once again, the site is combattalkradio.net. Leave us some comments, questions, suggestions, feedback on how we're doing, and we will get right into our weekend of boxing. For the boxing fans here in the United States, morning. I'm recording on Saturday as opposed to our usual Friday. As I mentioned on one of the past episodes, we are in the middle of our shift and planning for our move. And so schedules may be a little bit iffy, but we will be recording once a week. And again, it's either Friday, Saturday, possibly even Thursday, but I doubt it. So there will be a little bit of shift, but I still will do once per week. For our updates, we are on deck. All paperwork signed, sealed, delivered, money's in. Everything's good to go to get the hell out of Nevada. And you may be wondering for anybody that, thinks Nevada is a great Mecca. It was a great Mecca. And then it got ruined by people that came from California. That's really what happened. It's basically just, you know, Eastern California. That's essentially what it is at this point. That's why I don't want to be. So I'm moving across the Rockies over to the East coast. In this case, it's actually central time zone, but it's on the closer Eastern side that I'll be going. And uh, it'd be a new, a new adventure. I've never actually, as a kid I did, but I'm talking as an adult, I've never actually lived on the east or in the central zone, so this will be a little bit of a shift for me, and I'm really excited to get on that. Speaking of excitement, we have a really exciting fight this weekend of boxing. I'm going to go ahead and get into that right now. Of course, we're fresh off of uh, Terrence Crawford and David Avenesian wrapping up on BLK Prime. Controversy in that fight, if you didn't hear it, I'll just share it. Uh, apparently, Terrence Crawford... Something happened sketchy with the gloves. The gloves that Crawford were using were not the gloves that were scanned prior to the fight. Multiple people to blame, including Crawford, Bomack, and the commission, because they're trying to basically pull a Chino by Donna, like when he tried to sneak in gloves on Floyd, and Floyd wasn't having it. And ironically, it was the same type of gloves, the Everlast MX gloves, horsehair gloves, puncher's gloves. If you know these gloves, they actually have the padding pushed back, and so the knuckle is more exposed. That's why they're puncher's gloves, because they enhance your knockout potential. So selecting those gloves, I'm sure, was intentional on the part of Terrence Crawford. In the past, if you go back and look at his fights, he's always worn regular boxer's gloves to protect his hands. So this was we knew that he was going in there to try to get a knockout. What we didn't know was that he would try to sneak in sketchy gloves uh, outside of the sight of the opposition. And the opposition came out, David Abedizian's team, after the fight, after the knockout loss, came out and said, you know, we, we're protesting this, and so that case is up. Because what happened was Crawford's gloves started falling apart. Padding was coming out, and if you know... Essentially, if the padding shifts off the knuckles, at that point, you're basically bare knuckle, and your opponent could be really seriously hurt. And so I'm really really concerned and disappointed in everybody that's involved in it, but Crawford himself, because I think he went in there knowing he wanted to knock the guy out instead of doing the showcase that he would normally do on a stoppage, you know, against a, you know, C-level opponent. He decided he wanted to show up a knockout to try to sell the narrative that he is a A A-side fighter, when the truth is, the guy that he beat was already on the decline. He had already been knocked out by Cavalaskis, who Crawford already took out. And arguably, Avenesian had a good showing for himself. He came and he was he was there and he was fighting and he was putting some hits on Terrence Crawford. Crawford, to his credit, was relying on the uppercut more, which he hasn't done before. And I think there was a little bit of show off, as in he was trying to show that he can fight inside to try to send a message to Errol Spence. And as we know from watching Errol Spence against Carlos Ocampo, it's not going to make a difference. Errol Spence is arguably the best inside fighter that there is. It's not going to make a, dif- a difference in that fight. Of course, Crawford himself ducked it, so the fight's likely not going to happen, and we'll see Spence probably go to 154 and make some waves there. 
and we'll never get to know at 147 who really was the top guy. We still have to also hear about who Spence's opponent's going to be. We haven't heard an announcement on that one. Most of the theory is around Keith, once upon a time Thurman, um, because Sten Jonas is on deck to be fighting Virgil Ortiz, and that's a really good fight. So, and Boots Ennis is just kind of out there. And then the controversy with Boots is he came out and he said, you know, Crawford before had said we, we didn't, his name didn't come up. And Boots came out and said, I'm higher ranked than Avanesian. So how is it possible my name didn't come up? Because normally when they screen for opponents, they're going down the top 10 list, what you should do. Now, Crawford in the past hasn't been fighting top 10 guys other than Porter and Cavalaskis at the time. The other guys were not ranked in the top 10. So in this case, assuming he was going off top 10, then there's no way he could have ignored Boots. Chances are he saw Boots and didn't want that smoke. And that's understandable. It's Boots. He didn't want to be derailed, possibly derailed. And I'm not saying that Boots would definitely have beaten him. I'm saying that Boots would have made him look really bad. And then, of course, he gets less attention in the mainstream. I'm talking Crawford, whereas Boots gets elevated because he made Crawford look bad, this alleged number one pound for pound. I would say that a number one pound for pound isn't going in there with sketchy gloves and getting sketchy knockouts with a bare knuckle on guys. That You ain't hearing nothing but me. Let's get into our weekend of boxing. We got a couple of fights on deck. One of those really, really exciting. I would, I would argue, since we aren't going to get Spence and Crawford, this is probably the next best thing, man. Frank the Frank Martin, he's fighting Michelle Rivera. Lightweight action, 12 rounds at the out here in Vegas, the Cosmopolitan. Has a decent, not great, but decent undercard. This is on Showtime. This fight is a must-see fight. I'm telling you right now, if you miss this fight, you're going to miss something special. <laughs> because Frank Martin, he's that up and coming, he's an up-and-coming guy. He's a young kid. He's a southpaw, really strong puncher. Solid fighter. He doesn't have a lot of experience because he's been getting out of there pretty quick and hasn't really gone the distance that much. Whereas Michelle Rivera is just kind of that fundamental boxer. He gets him out of there, but he's more fundamental. He's going to outbox you strong and he's decisive when he wins. Michelle Rivera has way more experience than Frank Martin, but I would not discount that. I wouldn't put that into strong factor because Martin, of course, being the southpaw that he is and the power that he's got, this is a, to me, it's a pick and fight. I say this is a toss up. I don't see there's anything close in any fight I can clearly recall recent where it's this level of a toss-up type fight. And both guys respect each other. Both guys, I think, acknowledge the talents of each other. I think both guys are just trying to solve it. Solve it. This is what should have happened by now with Tank Davis and, you know, Devin Haney. Like, answer the question of really who is the better one of these two. Now, there's one thing I'll call out about Rivera, and if he's listening to this, I'm going to call it out. Rivera's already been overlooking his opponent. I I like Rivera a lot as a fighter. I, I really think he's a really good, he's a good kid, um, generally speaking, and he's a really solid boxer. I think the problem uh, from my angle is that Rivera's already overlooking Frank Martin, and you cannot do that. Frank Martin is going to piece you apart if you overlook this dude. Do not overlook him. Go in there 100% focused. Do I, if I had to predict it, see, everybody else thinks that Frank Martin is going to beat Rivera. I, I don't see it as that straightforward. I see it as a 50-50 fight. If I had to go with my gut, I'm going to lean towards Rivera to outbox. However, I would not discount this sketchy stoppage situation where it ends up in a draw or some crazy nonsense. And because one is a southpaw, we could get, you know, headbutts on cuts or something weird happening. I say if there's no shenanigans, I'm leaning towards Rivera as the stronger boxer of the two, the greater experience of the two. That's not discounting that Frank Martin could absolutely go in there and get stuff done. The Southpaw that he freaking is, you know, but there's so many factors I see that favor to me Rivera versus 
Martin, taking nothing away from Martin at all, because I think if they go in and it's clean all the way through, both guys have not, will have nothing to be ashamed of if they all give, they give their all in this. And it's lightweight action. So this is going to set the stage for who's that next guy to challenge it lightweight. I'm just saying my gut leans towards Rivera. Rivera feels like he is the one that has the long-term potential. It's not just about the short-term flash, if that makes any sense. Rivera's the younger guy. Rivera has a greater reach. They're rough, equal. They're equal in height. Not rough, equal. They're equal in height. It just feels like Rivera's the, the more solid boxer. That's my only point. And this is a great test to see where he's at as a fighter for me, um, as a fan of his, taking nothing away from Martin. Because if Martin goes in there and he's able to deal with Rivera, he's going to gain major respect across the board. And it's a sad that just because they're lighter, you know, smaller guys, lightweight's been pretty heavy right now. It's been really active and hot and heavy. But I think people are overlooking, you know, some of these lighter guys. And I think that's a shame. I don't think you should. I think we should look at those lighter weight classes. That's where you're going to get the more exciting fights. We always have. That Everybody goes after heavyweights, but that era's gone. We don't have those with the exception of Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. And they can't fight each other forever. So I think more boxing fans and I think it's the younger crowd that are more favorable to the lighter guys but I think us that are legacy and I'm older I think we need to be more embracing of the younger guys and recognize that we don't have a strong heavyweight anymore never haven't for years cruiserweight kind of sucks right light heavyweight's not that good you know so we have to kind of look at now and even middleweight's kind of stale so I think we need to be better fans and really embrace these younger guys and I'm telling you from my eyes and if you want to ignore me that's great Telling you, check out Martin versus Rivera on Showtime tonight. That's tonight. I, I, I'm i telling you from my own guarantee, you're, it's going to be one of those that is a great, it's actually going to reinvigorate your spirit of what boxing is supposed to be is my call on that one. On the card of this one, we have a, some overseas action. So this is in the Bournemouth International Center in Bournemouth in the UK. On Sky Sports in the UK, it does not appear to be broadcast in the US, so it probably be not be televised, but um, Billum Smith, uh, Chris Bill Smith, he's fighting a guy I've never heard of, and I believe the pronunciation is Chokov. I believe that's the pronunciation. I apologize if I got it wrong. I don't know either guy. Um, I've never heard of either guy, but if you're interested on the UK side in some fights here, that's a cruiserweight action. I just talked about how cruiserweight isn't really that exciting. This is a great example why. You have fights against nobody knows who these guys are. He's probably a decent fighter based on stats alone. I expect that this is a highlight fight for Bill Smith. Bill Smith's only lost the one time. He's a boxer, so he's not going to try to knock you out. That's the other problem with cruiserweight. They kind of go in there and they box really good, but you're not going to see the hot highlight reel knockouts you might see in the lower weight classes. That's not to dismiss it. If you're interested, do check it out um, on uh, Sky Sports in the UK. The other fight on the undercard, which has a couple of eyes, not a lot of eyes, but a couple of eyes, um, uh, Don Aziz. Don Aziz is fighting Rocky Fielding. Rocky Fielding, of course, is only known by people because he fought Canelo Alvarez and lost his title to the the heavyweight, the, uh, excuse me, the king, the pound for pound king. And Rocky Fielding's using this fight to try to get back into the mix. Now, Don Aziz is the highlight guy. He's a highlight guy. I say that because although he has less, way less experience in this fight, I would argue he's the more well-rounded fighter. He's had a really good run of it. He doesn't struggle if that makes any sense. Whereas Rocky Fielding, he looks good against the lesser classes, but he struggles when he steps up. We saw that. Whereas Aziz, he feels like he's more rounded, more solid, and likely to move on to the next level. Now, Aziz is slightly older, not crazy older. He's slightly older. He's not lost yet, but he's still on the 
regional side. So we haven't seen him on the world stage, but a win here could set him up for some sort of a world title fight down the road at middleweight. At welterweight action, then we have a different highlight fight. I call it a highlight fight in quotes, but highlight fight. Welterweight, like I said, at Park Dispositions in Nantes, France. Um, this, I don't even know this is going to be televised. It might be just a local. I don't know. We may have to see if there's like results after the fact. I don't see a televised on this one. This fight, um, Suleimani Sissoko. I, I know of him. I've heard of him. Have not gotten a chance to see his fights. He fights mostly regionally. And then Talani Mbenge. I'm aware of him. Have not gotten to see his fights very much more frequent. Um, Christian and Billy and Vaughn Alexander is going to be the main event of this one. I want to talk about this one real quick um, because uh, Suleimani, Suleimani, it's it's too bad for him because I think he got in the game way too late, um, or excuse me, way too early, sorry, way too early. So here's the story of him. He's actually been in the game since the 90s. He debuted in the early 90s, and yet he only has 15 fights. He's never lost. And you're like, what the heck? That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it feels like, he debuted at a time, right? And then now, and he's been completely inactive, poor guy. And then now he's come back and now he's trying to get fights. And it's harder because he's older. He's 31 years old. And I don't know if that's just matching. Like they couldn't match him with anybody or they couldn't find anybody to take the fights. Or I don't know the backstory. I can only tell you that he's been in the game a long, long freaking time. But here's the catch on his career. And I'll try to keep it brief, but he started in the 90s. So he started really, really early in the 90s. Uh, he didn't have any fights up front. He didn't get any fights for the longest time. So he's a pro, but he didn't get any fights. He didn't get a fight until 2017, which I don't know the backstory. Like, why? 2017, then he goes on a tear, right? And he's been winning ever since, and he's been decent good. He's been, and he's been active. Like, he's fought at least two or three times every single year, usually three times. So he's been active, but he's now in his 30s. That's that's what's kind of like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> so I think I don't know what I don't know what to make of his career. It seems like, and he's regional, so it seems like on the regional side, he's a decently good fighter. He's fought overseas every a couple times and he's been good, but he's been dropped. So we I don't know what to make of him, is my point. And I've been having my eye on him to just try to understand like what is it about this guy? Why is it that you know, this happened and can I learn a little bit more about what the heck's going on? I, I suspect, I suspect, I don't know this, but I suspect that what is probably happening with him is just a matter of matching. Uh, that's my gut speaking. I can't say for hundred percent. That's my gut speaking um, that they weren't able to match him. And it may have been age related. I'm talking early days, maybe an age related where they just had to wait for him to get to a certain age before they started matching him. But that's the, for me, that's the story of that fight is I, I like him as a fighter. I think he's a good fighter, even though he's only regional, only been overseas a couple of times, but I like him as a fighter. I just don't know. I don't know his story. I love to learn his story. And then, so the, so then the top fight on this Christian and Billy versus Vaughn Alexander. I, again, this is the main of the same. Um, I know Christian and Billy. I've seen him fight a couple of times. Uh, he's undefeated. He's rated highly by the rings, 168. Um, he's, an, he's an Olympian. Um, I don't think he won, but I know he's an Olympian. So I, I like him as a fighter. And then, of course, Vaughn Alexander, people know who he is. 
He is the brother, if you didn't know, he's the brother of Devin Alexander. So that's where he came from. Um, I think that's a good fight to watch. I want to see what that turns out doing as well because I think Mabenge, Mabenge, so Mabenge, I believe he was the one that retired Diego Chavez, uh, who was a legend. I think he also retired Miguel Vasquez. So I think he's like, he's the <laughs> the legend killer. I think that I think that's the same guy. So I'm, I'm eager to watch this event if I can. But because it's in France, I'm not sure it's going to be even televised. So I may not be able to get a chance to see it. Hopefully it gets uploaded after the fact because I wouldn't want to miss it. I'll breezily go through the undercards for both of these. And then some other fights that I see on deck that I don't have a lot of information about. But I'll quick and dirty go through what I see here. So under Martin Rivera, the return of Jose Uskatagi, he's going to be fighting Vladimir Shiskin. Super middleweight action. Uh, Astrolabio versus Potapov. That's a bantamweight action. That's on the undercard of Martin and Rivera. And then Bill of Smith and Jokov, I believe that's their pronunciation. I talked about Aziz Fielding. I don't have any additional fight information, but there's a different fight, different forum. This is on the zone at the Commerce Casino Hotel in Commerce in the, U- in the U.S. Um, Curiel versus Solomon. I don't know anything about either guy. I'm assuming they're both regional. I'll confirm that here in a second. Raul Curiel versus Brad Solomon. Brad Solomon, I do know. Um, I didn't know him by the last name, couldn't place the face. So, yeah, um, Brad Solomon. Brad Solomon's on the way out. Clearly, he's old. Um, he's, he's been in the game a long time. He's on the way out. So, Curiel, this is certainly a, a one of those highlight fights for Curiel. And it's in the U.S., so it's not a regional fight. It's just on DAZN. So, there may not have been very much marketing, which is kind of strange since it's DAZN. I don't think much of this fight, frankly. Um, Curiel is not really highly ranked. And then Solomon, like I said, he's on the way out. So, I don't rate the fight but if you do want if you have the zone you want to catch it that also is happening at welterweight Billy alexander i talked about shishoko and uh Mabengi, i talked about and then there was supposed to be a fight between manuel shar and um brown and this is in dubai i'm supposed to have it in dubai there's a couple of things i want to talk about number one i was told that this fight was called off that it was completely called off however Fight TV claims that it's on. So I don't know what that means. (laughs) I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's on or if it's not on. I'm not sure. But I saw numerous articles that said this fight was off. Um, These guys were doing PEDs, et cetera. So I don't don't 100% have the answer. All I can say is that Fight TV claims that this this is on, that it's going to still be a thing. So time will tell if that's true or it's not. Um, If it's on, these are two older guys, both drug test fail guys. It's a pointless fight of heavyweight action. If you want to check it out, it's on Fight TV. And then the story is because they were trying to get it funded by, you know, um, the UAE. <laughs> that That's what got Amir Khan and Manny all fired up. Like, you get these people out there that claim they got all this money, those book a fight or whatever, and then it doesn't happen and the money disappears and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know what will happen here or Don King steps in and, shen- you know, finagles and makes something happen. I don't know that answer. So that's our weekend of fights. And then coming up soon, so for the new year now, basically, we got some good stuff happening in the new year, I think. Um, the remainder of December is a little bit dry. We got a couple of fights here and there. We, of course, didn't get the fight we really wanted because Crawford ducked, but hopefully we'll get some other fights on deck that will excite the fans again because we do desperately need it. And of course, the rumor is that if Tyson Fury, you know, Tyson Fury was, first of all, we need to know what's going to happen with Wilder. If he's going to fight Andy Ruiz, that's one. Two, Fury was going to fight Joshua. That's not going to happen. He fought Chisora for no reason. Chisora, of course, gets knocked out again. Now we got to find out what Fury does. 
Fury, of course, still still the lineal champion, and he's I believe still the WBC champion. So if he's still champions over there, then the the fight to have was the unification with Alexander Usyk, and then Usyk essentially not not directly, but essentially ducked the fight in December, and said we could fight later. That's why Fury had to take a middle fight, and he wanted to fight Joshua, and Josh, Joshua ducked it. So now we don't know what's happening with Joshua. Joshua, of course, had the breakdown. So we got to see what's happening in heavyweight. Heavyweights at a standstill. I would argue welterweights at a standstill. Lightweights a little bit fired up, but not really that much. And then junior welterweights been a little bit of standstill since Josh Taylor got stripped. Of course, Monster Inouye went and unified his division and then talked about other fights he wants to have. So I keep saying that the, the lighter weight classes, the smaller guys, that's where you're going to see the actual boxers, the warriors, the ones that want to go out there and make a name for themselves. You're not seeing it in the larger weight classes anymore, which is unfortunate. That's what it is. But that's my updates for this weekend. I'll check back with you guys next weekend for hopefully more exciting fights to come. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Combat Talk Radio, Masterpiece Boxing, found at combattalkradio.net. I want to thank you for listening today, whether you are a subscriber or not. I know you have choices, and I appreciate you for being here. Just to remind those that are new to the show, Combat Talk Radio records every Friday, so once a week in the Pacific time zone. And then Lifeblood of Boxing series, which is our coverage of the boxers I think are worth your time and give to the sport. That's once per month. It does not have a fixed schedule, but once a month I'll have a release until I run out of ones that I think are worth covering for Lifeblood of Boxing. So those are our two programs. It is podcast only at this point. We want to hear from you. So combattalkradio.net at the bottom. Hit comments, feedback. Let us know how we're doing. If there's anything that you'd like to see us adjust or improve, we want to hear from you, and we are open to that feedback. We also are open to starting up the YouTube again, but it seemed like that died off when Lomachenko took a loss, and we don't know why. So if somebody knows why or they'd like to hear the YouTube coverage, let us know that as well in the comments, and we are open to doing it. We just need to make sure the fans are there. Right now they're on the podcast, not on the YouTube, for whatever reason specific. We're open either way. Anyhow, that'll do it, and I will see you guys next week.